0: What is something you'd like to tell our audience that I've not had the chance to talk to you about, or just not even thought about, but that is something that you're passionate about? I think I'd want to share a bit of that. I need a second to think about that.
1: Sure. <laughs> I think there's one thing I would share. Yeah. Uh, which is, for anyone listening to this, you are precious. There is. Exactly one of you. You're a very good idea. Mm. And I won't embarrass you by using your name, (laughs) uh, but you are who we're talking about when we say that you've got something really worthwhile to bring to whether it is work, whether it is creativity, whether it is family, whatever it is. You have something so worthwhile to bring. And yeah, I guess that's probably what I would say. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another
0: episode of Stories That Shape Us. Um, at Stories That Shape Us, we believe that the world is a library of stories, experiences, and lessons that others could benefit from. We believe everyone has a story, and we speak to exciting guests from various walks of life sharing stories. You are currently listening to the How I Got Started series, and we've got David Forrest, um, who is a writer, a software engineering tech lead at a multinational company. Um, He also has a PhD in experimental particle physics, but most of his creative work speaks about love and worth from a spiritual perspective. David loves retro video games. But before we go into David's episode, I just want to give a, a big shout out and thanks to all our listeners. We get your feedback, we get your reviews, and we are really grateful. Something that we've decided to do going forward is to, at the start of every episode, read at least one review and say thank you. So our first review actually today is from Robert, who is based in Glasgow. And he said, Stories that shape us is well worth a listen. There have been a few stories and people shared experiences that have challenged my thinking so thanks Robert, for um, opening up your you know, mind to listen to our stories and his second and final review would be from Eloha from Nigeria and she said I finally got the time to listen such a rich content so thanks Eloha um and with that oh thank you very much David how are you doing?
1: I'm doing quite well. It's yeah, it's a, it's good to be in a nice warm room in winter. So that's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm loving your
1: Christmas jumper. Thank it's you very here. much. Yep. Yeah, it's it's I've been wearing these since mid November, which is a controversial time to wear Christmas jumpers. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm, I'm getting myself in the Christmas mood
0: when should um, people start putting christmas trees out
1: okay so i guess we're all entitled to a little hypocrisy (laughs) so i think the official answer is first of december right but yeah like i started even just playing christmas tunes from the 12th of november and i know specifically when i started because i remember saying to my wife, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and she said, get that off immediately. <laughs> it's far too early. And she's right. But yeah, I think 1st of December, right? Yeah.
0: I think that's fair. We're currently the 3rd of December, so hmm. that, that, that's great as well. That We could at least have some christmas poems and stuff on the show. Yeah. So, yes. A couple of days ago, we had this really interesting conversation the Tinderbox in Glasgow, mm-hmm. and I was talking about your life story. And something that you sent to me in the bio is that some of your creative work focuses on worth and yeah. love. Yeah. What do you mean by
1: worth and love and why those things for you, particularly? Yeah, I guess, I guess for worth, if you ask people, where do you get your worth from? Mm-hmm. You'll get a whole bunch of different answers. Like some people say it's their job. I think that's a big one, right? It's Mm. your job. Or maybe they'll say it's from their family, maybe a particular role they play in their family, maybe just from being around family, whatever it is. And yeah, like I just, I like to think of it as people have an intrinsic worth. They don't have to get promoted in their job to have that worth. Yeah. They don't have to fulfill a certain role or whatever to have that inalienable worth that's just intrinsic to them. They're made with it. And I guess that's, that's there in the writing in terms of love currently just finished a draft of a book about love, which, (laughs) which you've been kind enough to read some of Uh just about different in, in, in English, we have one word for love, but maybe if we had a hundred or so, it wouldn't be enough because there's so many different sides of love. So many Mm. things we can mean by love. And some of the stories pick up on that and they reflect on love for different things. And some of them are just about a journey for myself. I'm very happily married to Nam. I had to learn a lot about love before I could get to that place where Mm. I was even ready for that. I'm so glad I didn't meet her before, (laughs) (laughs) um, but also really glad I met her now yeah do you have that poem on love with
0: you mm. is that something that we're able to do at the end of this episode i do i do excellent okay excellent i end this this episode, we will actually listen to this poem before we dive deep into your story we have to do the rapid fire questions right okay. that is uh that comes with every stories that shape us podcast
1: how are you feeling about that first of all oh terrified <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you'll be fine but you, yeah i've been listening to some relaxing music on the way so i'm all good <laughs>
0: Okay, so the rules are you have 5 seconds for each question.
1: Okay. No pressure. All right. Question 1. What's your favorite book? Oh, I'm going to say Seeing Stars by Simon Armitage. Um it's a beautiful collection of very short pieces written by a poet but they're like prose. So um I think poets write wonderful prose. All right, okay. And why that book for you? I think it's just fresh, it's just different and I just love the creativity of the fact that it's not too bound up with setting or anything. There's a purpose in each piece and it's short. I tend to write things in a very short form myself. It just seems more natural to me as I'm reading it.
0: Okay,
1: so scene stars. Question two. If you could have dinner with three inspiring
0: leaders, <laughs> living or dead, <laughs> who would you invite to the table
1: and why? Uh, I'm going need more than five seconds yeah i probably i'm not sure is the answer but mm-hmm. i'd probably pick f- people that have failed i'd probably pick people that have suffered mm. i'd probably p- pick people that have really been through the mill and it's not been like a victory lap their life hasn't been like a, kind of victory lap mm. and i'd say was it worth it like i would find out about well, what was that process like what was not the spectacular victory or the world record set or whatever it might be mm. but yeah just to just to tell something about because that's what we more relate to sometimes is grief or is failure and these are the things we can learn from the most i think sometimes yeah. listening to them empathizing with them i'm not sure i'd have to have a good think. <laughs> that's fine because again at, at box. We we're talking a bit and you said something about
0: social media creates a platform where people have two identities something yeah. that we wants people to believe about us as as opposed to something that we are. And I think sometimes it can be very easy in social media, at least on social media, to create this image of perfection or image of people that have got together. Tell me a bit about that before I go on to the next rapid fire question.
1: Yeah, there's also the sense of which, you know, too much, like if people were to share everything (laughs) in social media, Mm -hmm. there would be a kind of, it, it might not be a safe place for that. But yeah, we share very much. There was this philosopher guy who... We was talking about how social media we share the books that we I think it was Peter Rollins said that we share the books that we want people to know we read but not the books we actually read Mm. we share the things we want people to think we eat but not the things we actually eat Mm. and we present this image of ourselves and sometimes that's the image of ourselves even we present to ourselves right we present a kind of perfect model of ourselves but we'd learn more and we'd grow more by reflecting on maybe some of the more raw more r- real aspects of ourselves. and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to compare it doesn't have to compare well and yeah it's I guess there's a difference between self-image and self. These days, it feels like Facebook's dying. I think I'm about to. I'm I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> I barely know what's going on on Instagram. So maybe that problem will solve itself.
0: All right. Okay. And why do you think that's important? That getting a bit more, for lack of a better word, like real mm. on social media. Yeah,
1: I think authenticity and integrity. You can go through life, pretend to be someone else. And the person you actually are will will, will die and be gone or Mm. you can be the person that you actually are that has an intrinsic worth and yeah like in terms of walks things and walks of life like maybe a job or whatever you can you can go through you can write your annual review and pretend that you're perfect pretend you never made a mistake Mm. and yeah, as you do that, you like you're missing out on the opportunity to grow. You're missing out on the opportunity to reflect and you're saying these are the things that matter. These are the only things that matter. You say it to yourself, you say it to everyone else. Mm. How much I have success, that's the thing that matters, right? One day you won't have success, right? Mm. One day you will fail. What do you have when you don't have success? Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's again related to
0: that idea of self-worth and mm. value mm. as a human intrinsic value. Mm interesting let's go on to the next rapid fire question before we get too deep into i may
1: have violated your five second rule already <laughs> that's fine fair, it's like, in I've tatters followed up...
0: <laughs> i followed up with questions there so that's all I mean. we've got three more three more rapid fire questions go for it first of all is this going too easy for you should i up my game did this so
1: far no i think i'm highly caffeinated at the moment i think we're okay <laughs> i won't worry about what i've said till a good half hour after the podcast so we're all good Right. question three
0: Where is your favorite holiday destination
1: alicante easy question fantastic alicante (laughs) where's alicante Um, it's it's in spain and can i just say this is the right answer to the question so if other people have different destinations it's okay to be wrong right but Alicante is the best one so if you go there you've got for me there's just the fact that everything is in one place Mm. right so you've got the beach you've got this beautiful promenade Uh, my favorite place in Alicante is this esplanade that just it's it's really the center of the town. there's beautiful places you can visit it's all short walk from each other but it's also where I met my wife oh yeah so it's got memories too Mm -hmm. I can't promise that those will be provided to (laughs) visits but yeah I love I've been yeah a lot And I'm really looking forward to my next trip. I've almost got the shakes. It's been two years since I've been, but I really like to go to... Alicante in Mm. Spain. Okay.
0: Question four and five might be a bit deeper. So feel free to take one and five seconds. (laughs) If you don't use up to five seconds, that's fine as well. Name three people who have had the most impact in your life
1: story. Okay. I guess if I can smoosh together into one person, because it would be a bit of a cop-out otherwise, Mm. I'll smoosh my family together. Because I Mm. think family is where you get your values. And I think there's a lot of those that have, that's where they've come from. So whether it's something like freedom's a big value in my family and just seeing people as being equally valuable, irrespective of authority, irrespective of position or Mm. anything else, something that's a big theme for them and so many others. There is a, I remember at university, there was a chap that I met as my mentor and I'm a person who loves to do stuff right but he was the one that made me stop and think about my heart attitude in Mm -hmm. doing that thing so I was a bit of a I was a bit of I don't know a bulldozer or something like I would just go for this thing at any cost Uh, and sometimes my motivations would be all over the place but he would make me stop and think what is your heart attitude and what you're doing That'd be literally the choice. He also introduced me to something that ended up becoming one of the most important things in my life, which was meeting people from different cultures. Um, And so that was wonderful. It's going to be cliched and maybe everyone answers this, but uh, this way, but I have to say, (laughs) I have to say my wife, not just because she's listening, but (laughs) because (laughs) it's actually true. Um, I think I've learned so much because of her patience. Hmm. I've learned so much because we're different and we're not afraid of that difference Mm. i've learned so much because we've got even though we're different people we've got common purpose Mm. and having a relationship based on that has given me like space to grow as well right okay if your life was a book with all your experiences your
0: lessons your stories what would its title be
1: I'm always really bad at coming up with titles. So now I've got to come up with a title for my book, and for some reason, I I keep thinking I'm, I'm just thinking it's almost like an like what you would put in a, on a on a gravestone. <laughs> There's more than one way to do it. <laughs> There's more than one way to do it. How about that? Okay, why? Yeah, just because you you sometimes have some values that you approach different problems with. They're the same values. Mm -hmm. You may take one approach when you're a teenager, another approach in your 20s, another in your 30s. And you're learning as you go. Mm -hmm. Whoops, wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) (laughs) But you're always trying to ultimately end up with... There's probably those same values that are behind that. And yeah, if I think about through life, where I was trying to land, and maybe sometimes you hit and sometimes you miss. Mm -hmm. But also i'm probably not quite ready to say my life is over and Mm -hmm. here's the title of my life (laughs) but i guess there's probably a lot of lessons learned along the way right okay so there's more than one way today will be the title so far (laughs) working title but the publisher may have some comments
0: (laughs) do you have a life story from your experience
1: that sort of exemplifies that for you i think when i was younger i'd be very keen to share my very important opinions with everybody like it would let's take political views or something like that. Mm. I'd be very keen to argue the toss with everyone and uh, be so fired up um, Mm -hmm. about some something or other. And I still feel passionately about a whole bunch of issues, but I also maybe will listen more and I'm less keen to publish my views as words, partly because There can sometimes be hypocrisy in trying to say something before you've actually lived it. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, someone can say they're against slavery, but then go straight to a shop and buy a whole bunch of clothes made by slaves Mm -hmm. or people in slave-like conditions. Mm -hmm. People could say they're pro, they're against climate change rather, but then their lifestyle choices don't necessarily line up. So there's a certain element of, okay, I feel strongly. I'm going to look at my own life first and start to see where am I falling short of this because there's there's going to be plenty of material. Mm, (laughs) So a little bit of of humility mixed in with the hypocrisy. Uh, (laughs) I get you. No, I totally get you.
0: Okay, fast forward to present day. Right, so you've got a PhD in experimental particle physics. Yeah. Right, you're software engineering lead at a multinational company. You've got passions in youth work and cultural exchange, science outreach. But let's go back to when David was like eight or nine. Gosh, right. So if you'd walk me through what your upbringing was like, you mentioned your family has been a, has played a pivotal role in your life. And then walk me through some pivotal moments, three pivotal moments from that point
1: to where you are currently. Okay. Fair enough. So I don't know how coherent this will be. Let's find <laughs> out. So born at a very young age, my yeah, my my mom and my dad have so many values that they pass on. I think about my mom. I think about a very determined person. I, I think about a very brave person. And yeah, I think that definitely that was something I was very aware of growing up as a, as an example. And I think about my dad. He was always a provider, but in more than a financial sense, he, he was. Yeah, he looked after the family worked incredibly hard for to bring the best for his family but he also protected his family in a whole bunch of other ways he thought about their spiritual care it was freedom was another thing as well that Mm. they were always my parents were always really passionate defenders of you choose you you, we're not going to necessarily put our views or beliefs or anything on you Mm. you have to choose and so even with faith was an important thing to my parents But even in that area, they were always really adamant that it was my choice. Mm -hmm. I could ask them a question. They'd say, you have to go out and figure that for yourself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to skip that for you. Mm -hmm. You have to work it. And that was really important to me because it meant that as I was growing up, these things were mine, right? (laughs) And I did actually discover a faith myself. And when it felt more like it was mine, then I think it would have done otherwise at that age growing up and then going to university. I don't know if you know this. I'd been off school for four years, so I'd missed four years of school. And I don't necessarily go into all the details, but basically I'd missed that part of my education. And going back to that was a big jump, right? Even just socially with folks and yeah. And then, so going to university was as much of a fun adventure as it was a surprise because I went there. Yeah. And I went to study computer science and physics at Glasgow University. Woo! Yeah. Exactly, well, Glasgow, you do. <laughs> I heard it was the best university, <laughs> if I'm reading this right, uh, it was I think one of the pivotal moments for me at university, one of the most important things for me was, and I alluded to this earlier, was just I was at this event and I remember hearing it announced and it said come along, meet people from different cultures make friends, be a place where people can practice their English and so forth. And I heard it and I thought that's probably not for me. I don't know why I thought. I think that's also how I respond to all good ideas the first time. I always think something is not for me Mm. and then end up loving it. I went along and I loved it. I went along and I loved it. I went on and met people from all over the world. Mm. Uh, And it was so incredible just to meet people that had different backgrounds in me, different cultures. I probably learned to Kaylee dance from a Mexican PhD student. (laughs) And you see Scotland, you see your own country showing it to someone else, really. And some of the deepest friendships that even like today earlier today, we'll be talking to someone that I might have met during that time. A lot of times since then, like it's been like in a lot of things that I do, I'm trying to give people that opportunity, the thing that I valued so much, which is just to yeah, to, if you're a student at university, what more could you do that'd be more fun than meeting people from different cultures? So most of the things I've done since then have had a strand of that. Yeah, and I guess probably during you mentioned the mentioned the PhD, and I didn't necessarily feel like I was the a natural fit for a PhD candidate. Like I wasn't the person to get straight A's in physics or anything like that. In fact. Looking back, I probably preferred doing physics to... Loved studying it, but I, I was probably better at doing it than studying it. And yeah, it was essentially just an exercise in hard work. People think that physics is more difficult than other stuff. I'm not sure that's true. I think we're just not as good at communicating it. As really? Because <laughs> uh, every field has complexity. Mm. It, or it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be something that people would um, put their careers into. Yeah, there there's so many great things that that... that, that stage of my life gave one is the ability to work on your own projects and those could be like events those mm. could be like conferences those could be uh, mostly those would be outside of physics but just because you're at the university environment or the research presenting that research mm. all those things were just fantastic opportunities
0: right and speaking about again your writing creative work and physics and software engineering mm. some would argue that those are very different mm. things yet you do them really well when was the first time that you realized oh i could be multiple different i could do multiple different things
1: that i don't necessarily fill into a box of something i have i've seen before so for me i think whether it is writing even poetry or physics or software engineering i see them as using the same bit of the brain right mm. because to me it's it's all about so I'm going to get this wrong. So yeah, it's not Sam's fault, if anyone, know <laughs> physicists want to write in and complain. Uh, but I think it was Dirac that said it was something like more important for an equation to be beautiful than necessarily or just as important, I don't know, something like that. that he emphasized the aesthetics of it. Okay. Um, and I think that's true in poetry. It's true in mathematics and physics. And there's mathematical patterns in poetry sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's beats and rhythms. There's in code, when you're software engineering, I care a lot about the quality of what I'm write, writing in code. And it feels more like you want to get meaning out of that. You want to take meaning out of that. You want to have an aesthetic quality to that. There's its own kind of beats and rhythms, Mm -hmm. just as there is for writing. So for me, it's not like three different lenses, but just one lens. And I think everyone has just one lens, but that's why they can add value to so many different areas. Speak about that a bit more. Everyone has just one little bit of add value. Um, okay, I'll give an example from yeah. a previous company that I worked in. We used to, used to work at this place where I'd be involved a lot in the interviews, and I would frequently have to interview with this other guy who was in charge of the whole department. And he would read through the CVs and, and put them in order. This guy has a seven years experience. This guy has five years experience. This, this person has this many, etc. And it was almost like the interview was a formality, right? Mm, whether yeah. you got the interview or not was whether you had the highest number in mm. years of experience. And never really seemed to... And I would, I'd try and say, oh, we, there's still value in this. Experience is found in its diversity, not necessarily in the years served mm. sitting in a particular chair. But people bring their own lens to stuff. People bring their own gifts to things. And yeah, like I, I think it's so easy to see things in a very narrow band. But... Everyone has something to learn but everyone has something to teach as well like it, it might be that you're joining from a team in, in a junior capacity I guarantee that junior person has something that they might it might be from a different area in their life maybe it's their ability to communicate and connect with people maybe it's whatever it is they yeah. have they have their own lens and the the team is the richer for it I yeah. think
0: yeah a hundred percent so many questions there so many questions let's talk a bit about diverse cultures because like you mentioned a bit about that in uni and and getting to work with people from various cultures Hmm. I know particularly now as the workplace gets more diverse Hmm. there is sometimes some emphasis on that but from your experience what would you say or rather why was that important or why why have you found that important over time Hmm. to consciously not just how the affinity bias of sticking to people that are like your i thinking or background, but actually seeking out more diverse experiences. Why is that important for you?
1: There, there's so many reasons. I, I guess it starts from how do we respond to people's difference? Are we afraid of it? Or are we excited by it? So say writing, for example, one of the things that inspires me to write is actually meeting someone from a different context from me because mm. uh, they make me th- they make my brain go in different places they make me think in different ways mm. and yeah that's all there's a whole collection i wrote a couple of years ago which was written it was things i learned from my friends it was essentially lessons learned from Syrian friends who'd made their home in Glasgow and not and I didn't necessarily agree with every single thing but they always challenged me, they always made me think differently. And that's a great place to be. That's a fun place to live. So yeah, absolutely. You get to, you get to meet people, you get to expand in friendships and so forth, but you also get to hear yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, and when you try and explain to someone from a different culture, you're like, oh yeah, that is odd. <laughs> yeah. So there could be all kinds of things that meeting people, all kinds of ways that can enrich your life, apart from just being incredibly fun.
0: Yeah. And speaking about meeting people, like we had this chat a few days ago about the International Cafe.
1: <laughs> Tell us about, a bit about that and how right. that's going in terms of plans and everything. My wife and I are trying to organize something of an international meetup. So the idea is that people would come from all kinds of different cultures. Now, we're doing this out of our church. The position of our church is quite near university. And we're really looking forward to welcoming international students, for example, on their first. Uh, Day in Glasgow (laughs) Mm. When Glasgow could be quite a confusing place Like people are all I mean driving on the wrong side of the roads like um there's for some reason there's two taps one plumbed directly from the fires of hell the other one uh, with ice cold water (laughs) and the the people seem to go into shops and buy things at fixed prices and not negotiate at all and like the whole place is odd and yeah like just meeting people from different places again we hope it will be a place for that it might be international students might be wider it might be refugees asylum seekers mm. people who have come for one reason or another and found their home in glasgow and it's just a privilege yeah. to be part of that it is a privilege to just welcome people and befriend the stranger and yeah and uh, yeah
0: yeah when i moved to glasgow five years ago i moved to glasgow in 20 i for my master's <laughs> um my cousin who was in glasgow already uh, gave me this fantastic advice and she said um samuel you might have this tendency to want to gravitate just towards Nigerians or people from your background, resist that temptation, <laughs> resist that urge. Yeah. And looking back now, I'm grateful that she gave me that advice. Cause I got to meet people from various countries in university right okay. now. I, I work in, in, a, in a company as well that has people from various backgrounds. And I feel me putting myself in that position back then has in a sense, helped me get more comfortable in diverse um gatherings. And like you said, it's, it's not a thing about agreeing with everything someone says, but I think there's just a beauty in the way um, our mind expands yeah. in, in thinking about different perspectives and different ways of living. And you could pick pieces of that to so make your own life um, richer, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And there is a privilege to it. We live in a city. Mm. Like I grew up in a more rural area in the countryside where it wasn't, it was less of a melting pot. Mm. And I think there's an incredible privilege to the fact that we get to meet folks from all kinds of different cultures. And obviously there's the internet and there's technology and so forth, but yeah, it's, there's an incredible opportunity to do that. Yeah. And going back to one of our
0: earliest points on worth, Mm. self worth, Mm. was there a time that struggled with that? And where did the moment come where you were like, this is a topic I'd want to explore more and put more
1: creative writing into? Hmm. I think there has been a tendency that I've had to measure my worth by what I do. So in terms of output, hmm. and I would typically wake up on a Saturday morning inspired by the idea that today was Mindy. I had all this time. I was gonna write a novel today from start to finish, right? <laughs> and I was so excited by that prospect. And so I would go to a cafe, start writing blank page after blank page, and then come home, having not read written a novel, go to bed, wake up on Sunday, feeling really quite discouraged, quite depressed and saying, measuring myself against an unrealistic goal and said that and, and implicitly said that is your worth to myself. And I think sometimes it's easy to like i love getting involved in things that connect with my values and things that are purposeful and a danger i'm aware of in doing that is to just take some time where you're deliberately chilling out right mm-hmm. and because otherwise you can start to feel that everything is giving it giving out giving out and yeah that everything else is worthwhile except for yourself so i think i've probably i've probably done that for huge periods of time in my life <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll I, do it again as well, so you can remind me.
0: <laughs> That's fine. I asked a, a, a guest on the show, a couple of months, and I mm-hmm. asked her this question. I think I'll also ask you the same question. This is just from your own life story as well. So if our worth is not supposed to be on external things like the amount of work I've done, or recognition or status that society places or not mm-hmm. because of money or whatnot, what's has been that thing for you that is um stable or hmm. solid rigid Let me hmm. use those words that sort of doesn't change hmm. that you then base your worth on does hmm. that make sense
1: yeah i think so because it seems like a sensible choice to say it has to either be something that comes from external comes from around you comes from yeah. your family your job something like that or it has to be something that comes internally this is my dream. I'm gonna do this thing, and I don't think either of those are necessarily stable. Mm-hmm. So the thing that comes from outside, like you've got your your job. What if you lose your job? What if you're replaced by a robot one day in mm-hmm. AI? Um, I've um, met people where that's been their story. They've just not known who they are when their job when their job was over. When they are in retirement or whatever. And if it's something that comes from inside, yeah, I have lots of dreams. I've got lots of dreams, but they don't necessarily all. I can't do them all. I might, I might have a dream today to write that novel, uh, but I might also want to just go and see a movie. <laughs> yeah, like Those two are not necessarily mutually, even if one of them... One of them is probably more achievable than the other. <laughs> um, and for me, I think my faith comes in there because it's like, yeah, it's the one thing that it doesn't necessarily depend on my success at work or a lack of or whatever in that given day. It doesn't depend on whether my dreams turn out to be true or not turn out to be achievable or not it's it is constant mm-hmm. and like it's where i place my value everyone gets to choose yeah. where they place their where they get their sense of worth from i suppose but for me that's really important it's it feels like it's a kind of eternal perspective in a sense right I don't yeah. want to sound too pretentious but like it seems like it's an eternal perspective because it's flash forward ten thousand years <laughs> like it wouldn't necessarily matter if I committed this particular piece of code today, but do you have a sense of worth that is going to be constant? And for me, it comes from faith. From- right. That's deep. I, I remember this
0: time where I think I was getting some of my validation and worth from academic success. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you mentioned this really like if, if you, a few minutes ago, and it was in uni. I remember really well. So I. had First year, uni, second year, I was in a first class GP and all of that, and in third year, hmm. I get this course and I get an F, hmm. and what that meant was I had to carry it over into the next year. And I think at this point I was already be doing some tutorials for pulling my class, and I think I was maybe the departmental president to be or something. And this is one of the few times I remember university crying. Hmm. Oh my goodness! It's like, almost as if I've been demoted from some stand where it was people's perspectives of me or my perspective of myself because of like academic success and that was not a place where it was almost shameful and I, I remember of course I, I picked m- m- myself up but it, just again thinking back on that experience, like, I'm not necessarily defined by whether I got an A or, or an F, yes I should work hard yes I should do the right things, have the right values or hard attitudes as you put it, to things but those outcomes shouldn't necessarily define me so thanks for sharing that actually and speaking about hard attitudes and work I mentioned some advice um, someone gave you about thinking a lot about your sort of attitude even when you're in the workplace mm-hmm. talk to me a, b- a bit about that and how that
1: influences your work <laughs> okay so i think work is a funny place right because at work why do people go to work it's a really important question to answer. And if presumably it's because they pay you, right? Because yep. if you if they stop paying you, do you still do you still turn up to work? Probably not. Maybe right? not, no. Even in principle. <laughs> but there's a sense in which the incentives can stop you from being effective at your work. So if you are in a particular job, say you're responsible for people, and the only thing <laughs> that you get validation or whatever from is the money in your pocket is the number associated with your job then you will pursue that you that's what you're going to do right you're going to you're going to optimize what you do at work in order to optimize that that money and that's maybe that's fine that's whatever but if the most important thing to you is the people in your team and not necessarily your career but the career of the person that you're responsible for then you will act differently, right? Mm. You may not claim credit for everything. <laughs> you may try and give as much exposure to that person. You won't necessarily take on things that you can't do just to look good or whatever. You, you will do things differently. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense in which if you followed the explicit incentive of cash, then you would end up being unable to do your job effectively, right? Because you will be a better manager if you're incentivized by wanting the people on your team to be the best they can be. Right Hmm. now you, you might end up also being paid more, I don't know, but like you, you will be a better manager by far if that's where you get your dopamine hit from, the team will be more effective probably. So I think there's a kind of a thing where integrity is really important where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to be really honest and say, I think this is a good idea or a bad idea. I'm not going to just say yes everything because I think it will look good because I think it will get more money. Because at the moment you just say yes to everything and say, yeah, I think, yep, everything you say is great boss. Like the program, yes minister or whatever. Mm. The moment you do that, you lose your value in that place because you're paid to say, actually, no, I think there's good aspects of this idea, but there's ways we could change it a little bit and do it better. You're paid to be there for a reason. And I think integrity is an indispensable part of that. Yeah, like turning up to work you make a choice what do you value it can't just be economics it's got to also be something else that's going to be partly plays on your values and yeah so it might be something to do with the people around you or it might be the way in which you do your job trying to do the best job you can something like that do you have any sort of like role models that have exemplified this for you i can think about in a previous place is. So many examples, isn't there of people that I think if we go to work, like I was saying earlier, everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is something in every single person you meet at work that's worth imitating and worth learning from. But for me, one of the first times I noticed that was I was working in a particular place and I had this manager who was every bit a high performer. If you asked anyone for an example of a high performer, he would be the one you would point to. But he was also... Extremely moral. Hmm. He also, you couldn't separate that from what he did, and I think that was a really great example just to say there is no contradiction between these two things, between the output and the outcome. Almost, there's no contradiction between doing something well on paper and doing something well with the right heart attitude and everything hmm. as well, and care for those around you.
0: Yeah, and I think the. It- Part of what you've said that's just struck me as well is this idea of also sometimes vocalising our beliefs and mentoring and role models, the power of role models. Because, again, you had someone who told you a bit about heart attitudes and um, someone who, again, exemplified that for you. As you look back on your life's journey and, and stories, could you talk a bit about the power of role models and mentors for you? But also, in addition to that, the power of being a role model and a mentor as to those coming behind. Because I know like you're doing a lot of youth work and helping the upcoming generation as well grow and all of that. Let's talk a bit about role models and the value they have in this world, or the value like that they place in this world for you from your experience.
1: Yeah, I think it's there's a few things more precious than the ability to hear yourself. There's, I think it was... Burns who said, who wrote about the, the ability to see us as others see us, but yeah, and that is really useful. That having that perspective, having a relationship with someone who can actually challenge you and hold you accountable on things, and say, call you out a little bit, mm-hmm. not necessarily on how you present yourself to others, but sometimes on how you present yourself to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's important too. Having that in your relationship with your with a close friend or something is really crucial, and. When you don't have it, it's worth asking why. What am I holding so with such fragility? <laughs> like, What am I scared to, to open up in my life? I think there's a few things in life we can't do in community and uh, as a two and, and ask people, could you come into this? Could you, I'm going to do this thing. Will you make sure I do it? Mm. Or like, here's my thoughts on this. What do you think I'm missing? So that's important. There's been one or two times where I could say, yeah, that's, been, that's made me go right instead of left. The other way around, there's a lot to learn as well. Like I remember I was tutoring someone and yeah, like I was, I just feel like I got a lot out of that myself. Mm. Like I got a lot out of just supposedly I was sharing something with them, right? But I probably got a lot out of it. And also each time you learn, okay, this is valuable. This experience is valuable. This thing is useful for someone else. Mm. And that's a good thing to have because there'll be some people that have heard what I said earlier about everyone has something to teach and thought, yeah, everyone does. Everyone does apart from me, everyone does, <laughs> but yeah.
0: Sharing our experiences, everyone has something to teach and, and then value in that as well. Okay. As we slowly move towards the last phase of this podcast, which is more reflective, what is something you'd like to tell our audience that I've not had the chance to talk to you about or just not even thought about, but that is, very that's something that you're really passionate about or something I think this is something I am actually really interested in and I think I'd want to shape it of that. So this is your chance to tell the audience anything. It's gonna be a random thing or anything at all that matters to you.
1: I need a second to think about that. Sure. <laughs> I think there's one thing I would share. Yeah. Um which is for anyone listening to this, you are precious. There is exactly one of you you're a very good idea mm. and i won't embarrass you by using your name uh, <laughs> but you are who we're talking about when we say that you've got something really worthwhile to bring to whether it is work whether it is creativity whether it's family whatever it is you have something so worthwhile to bring and yeah i guess that's probably what i would say
0: you have something of value to bring and you are precious Thanks for that, David. And that actually fits nicely into our reflective phase. You're still going to do the poem on love for us, wouldn't you, at some point? Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Question one in the reflective phase.
1: What are you most grateful for as you look back on your life? Hmm. <clears throat> wow. There's so many things that I could necessarily... Uh... Yeah, you could pick a few as well. It doesn't have to be just one. Yeah. So... I think we mentioned earlier about faith. One of the things that's front and centre in faith is gratitude because it's like realising there is literally nothing you could do that would make God love you less or more. And that affects, whether it's striving or whatever else, whether it's the pursuit of one thing or another, That affects everything, that perspective. Mm. I'm grateful for, as I was growing up, my parents did not set expectations on me necessarily. Like they were very, whether they felt that way inside, (laughs) but but with me, um, they would never say, you're expected to go to university, you're expected to do this, you're expected to do that. They would say, do you know what? Like you have your health, anything else is a bonus. Mm. And they would give me the freedom to explore and make my own mistakes um find my own treasures that i'm very grateful for and Mm. yeah i'm grateful for my i'm very grateful for my wife um very grateful um that she said yes when i proposed it would have been heavily awkward if she didn't Uh, it wasn't alicante it was in conic hill how did you both meet, meet actually? So, um, it's now socially acceptable to say this, it wasn't at the time we met online <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the way it worked out is there was, uh, we were going to meet in person, but, uh, there was, and she was based in a bit far away. We were going to meet in person, but it was a snow day, okay. so we couldn't actually meet. And so we had just a long Skype chat instead. And I was about to change jobs. And before I changed jobs, I was going on a holiday um, in Alicante and I said to her, why don't you fly in the morning, fly back the same day, we'll have coffee in Alicante instead. Because we had no more time. So Mm. I was basically, that was the last day, it was a snow day, the last day we could have done it. Then it was a holiday, that was a new job, you don't really feel I can just nip away from that, don't know what's involved even in in the new job necessarily yet. So we met there and, and I'd been so many times, so I thought should be pretty easy to organise a romantic day in Alicante and either this will be a great first date story or good luck to the next guy (laughs) coming up with a more romantic day. Um, So we did that. What lessons have you learned from your
0: marriage and on love and on
1: yourself? So I would like to think that I'm a fairly good husband. I was a terrible boyfriend, to be honest with you. Like I had a lot to learn about being in a relationship about and the nature of love. <laughs> Some of the pieces I've written come from conversations with friends who've been married for a long time. Mm. And I would ask them questions and they would make me think about it differently. So I used to think that love was about being in a state of constant ecstasy whenever you're within 100 meters um, of your beloved, right? <laughs> that love was a feeling and nothing more than a feeling right? Mm. And love is a feeling, but it's a lot more than that. It's some days you may feel it. Some days you may feel like angry, even yeah. <laughs> some days you may feel all kinds of things, but love is a thing that you do as well. Love is an action. It is a verb It is a choice as yeah. well as all these other things. I love you is not, I currently can tell you my feeling is 200 amperes of love or whatever. It's, it's, I love you as I am actively intentionally choosing love Mm. i choose to love you meaning that something about forsaking others meaning something about honor meaning something about cherishing Mm. and so i think for me that was the biggest thing yeah and probably for everyone else they knew not to take aladdin literally or whatever like they knew that love was not as in a disney film Hmm. but for me it took time to realize that love was all these other things as well
0: and excellent segue to the poem on love Hmm. but before we talk about the poem on on love and and wrap up this podcast i was quite keen to hear your thoughts on something about freedom Hmm. how do you define freedom in a sense that is not a You can do exactly anything you like.
1: I think, in terms of the relationship with my wife, even, like there's. Obviously, marriage is not an environment of freedom in the mm. sense of, in some ways is. but in exactly. some ways you're in an exclusive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> exactly. That so should be understood.
1: <laughs> but but there's also, I think, freedom in it, right? In order to come into this this relationship that I'm in with my wife, I'm free from some of the misconceptions I had about marriage. Mm. And I'm free from, we don't set expectations of you must be exactly like me. You must approach problems the same way I would there's and that even in a diversity of two and with my parents there was that same kind of what seemed to me like fear a lack of fear a lack of fear in the sense that we will give you the freedom to work out your own answers and life is not a thing that is going to be done to you in that way we're not going to give you we're not going to give you our conclusions we'll give you like the the best starting point we can it will give you some good pointers but it is really we're not afraid of your decision making process you you find exploring these things for yourself
0: wow thank you so much for
1: sharing that and the poem so what's the poem's title first of all so this is called about love sometimes it's called learning about love depends how i feel that day I read this at the wedding of a friend and I felt, and that was just before I got married myself, before I, I'm not sure if I was engaged at this point or not, might have been, but it summarises what I'd been learning. So it, it, I don't know if it necessarily reflects their own experience, but it certainly <laughs> reflected mine. I did ask them, what what is love to you, et cetera. And yeah, I guess it just summarises aspects of my journey with a certain amount of poetic license. But yeah, that's... Okay, Um, when you're ready, please feel free to start. My friends ask me, can you write a poem about love? And I say yes, but I think no. And open the dictionary and read love, noun, a great interest or affection for something, which says nothing. So I switch on the television and 953 distractions later decide that love is definitely not an island. It doesn't invite you to ogle or stare. It will not dance as you sit still. It does not Mm -hmm. grab your attention. Put the radio on, listen to song after song and think if love is just obsession or envy, that love sounds empty. So I turn to R thinking... Art must hide the meaning, visit gallery and exhibit, but no, love won't fit the frame you set for it. It will not sit quietly on display, it isn't written out in advance. Don't judge me, we say to love. Don't see me, we mean. Mm. Don't change me, we say to love. Don't touch me, we mean. Ask my friends. What does falling in love feel like to you? And they laugh and say, love isn't just a feeling. It's not something you fall into, but something you choose. Hmm. It's not a thing that you search for, but something you do. So I score out the words in the dictionary and bright red pen and write, love, verb, to prefer and defend and preserve intimacy over self to cherish to choose to honor and heal and mission with to become one flesh and i think yeah i want to write about that there you go wow
0: Thank you very much, David. I listened to you give this poem a few weeks ago, and thanks for sharing your perspectives, your stories with the world. Thanks for being, you know, intentional on writing.
1: I'm reading your book. <laughs> About the upcoming book, actually. Would please, you just talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I have no publisher. If there are any publishers listening, then this is your chance. <laughs> this is your chance. Give us a call right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, but, yeah, essentially, it is a book about love. So, each of the each of the sections build up something of a mosaic about love. Each mm. of the sections is a different piece of that picture. And it might be friendship love. It might be romantic love. It could be playful love. It could be love for travel, lo- love for hospitality. It could be all kinds of things long love is there and i think oftentimes we talk about love is like a oh, boy, boy meets girl or something like that and it's it's all about young love or or love that is just at the point of meeting but there's so much we can learn from all the different expressions of love mm. and that's what this this book is about it's also yeah and, it, and it's things i've thing, things i've learned from that but in each of them is something that so i said at the end of that last piece i want to write about that and there is a strand that goes through it all there is something which there, there's some kind of sense of hope and some, some sense of love and sense of truth that i just wanted to weave into the book so yeah if that doesn't sound too pretentious <laughs> no. hard to describe a, a whole book <laughs> but, yeah.
0: i have started reading like a draft copy of this book yeah i, I messaged um, and david, david a few minutes after i started and i was like this is great. <laughs> this is actually. This is, this is, and I, I, it, there were a few lines in the book. One of the lines that I really liked was there were good reasons not to do good things. Yeah. And that hits me because, again, in my own context, sometimes we come up with all these perfect excuses to not stand for someone yeah. or just speak the truth or do the right thing. So, again, David, thank you very much for sharing your story. Really bold. where can our listeners find your work and engage with you?
1: yeah i am on facebook you can find me david Forrest writer two hours in Forrest. and yeah you can go there and, and look me up like i suppose and then there's i think i've got a few things on medium as well and yeah you can follow my adventures there
0: fantastic i thought listeners would link all links to david's medium his facebook page Every, any way you could find him or some places that you could find him online so please feel free to check that but once again david thank you so much this has been a very insightful journey journey and conversation just i'm um, talking about your passions and lessons you've learned in your life story i find this really intriguing hmm. so thanks for coming on stories that shape us thank and, you for inviting me and for our listeners please if you'd have any further questions for david Or reviews, you could send them to um, us and we'll ensure he gets it. But until next time, I'm your podcast host, Samuel Lagwede. Thanks for listening to Stories That Shape Us. And please have a great
1: day, everyone.